girls. Hi, Justine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to No Helmet Required, the original Cedar Cove podcast in which I, Auntie Karen, and my two friends, Auntie Sarah and Uncle Brian, provide a play-by-play of each and every episode of the original Hallmark dramatic series, Cedar Cove. Auntie Sarah, Uncle Brian, would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Auntie Sarah, and I've been thinking that if I opened up my own restaurant, that it would be a gazpacho bar. (gasps) What? Are you kidding me? That sounds amazing. Don't give this idea away for free. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, this is... No, no. It would just be all gazpacho all the time, which I'm thinking will be a lot better in the summertime than in the wintertime, uh-huh. but I'll figure out how to tr- what to transition to in the winter. It, it could be seasonal. Yeah. Like maybe you're only open yeah. Memorial Day to Labor Day. It could be it could be like the peach pit uh, on the beach or something like that. Nice. You could I mean you could also have like um like warm winter gazpacho and you could call it Soup. Soup. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. That's true too. Yeah, that's um, definitely an option. Yeah. I like that you called it a gazpacho bar. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. 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 It'd be a gazpacho bar. But soup bar sounds so fuddy duddy and old person. Yeah. It doesn't have the same sex appeal. I'll I'll continue thinking about this. You'll work on it. Yeah. It's yeah. in development. Yeah. Uncle Brian. Uh yeah, if I were to open a restaurant, I am I, I I follow fads, like I get caught up in fads, um, and so my first thought is, well, I I should do a nose to tail because I love that phrase, nose to tail. Oh. But then I realized that like I don't actually like to prepare meat, like, and I certainly don't want to do like I barely can cut pre-cut meat into pieces. <laughs> like I certainly don't want to butcher a whole animal nose to tail. So what if I had a nose to tail? vegetarian restaurant oh my god um, and it was just sort of we use all parts of the plant yeah like roots and shit yes, and yeah, leaves so and nose because i can chop things i like i can wash and chop like, yeah that's my skills are oh i'm on board you, you, I would, loved, you would eat there i would eat there all the time yeah. nose to tail vegetarian i, I like love it. it i love it well i would also have a vegetarian restaurant but it would be it would be uh, it would be all desserts, <gasps> and a, um, a fair number of the desserts would be raw, so they'd be like based on like cashews and mm. uh, like avocado pie and stuff mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. and um, and I think it would be in a, and it would be in a food truck. Oh. Yeah, and I would serve, and I, I'm also really good at making cupcakes, so I think I would yeah. have vegan gluten-free cupcakes, and it would just be cupcakes for justice on wheels. Ooh, Ooh on wheels. Yeah. Oh. I could just drive around, have a little song that I play. Yeah. Exactly. I like that song. <laughs> that would be your song. Uh-huh. So this week, we'll walk you through our synopsis of Season 3, Episode 3, Something's Gotta Give. <laughs> Does it, though? Which, again, has pretty much nothing to do with the plot. Uh, although that that line is somewhere in the episode. Well, I'll point it out when we get there. Oh. Yeah. Um, F story. This, <laughs> this story's not sexy. I'm sorry, Uncle oh, Brian. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, not much sex appeal in this uh, episode. Oh, God, I know what this is. Yeah. Um, so it's Roy Sideburns, oh. P.I., he has called Peggy for a private extra secret meeting oh at Where Else But Moon's. Yeah. 
He reveals that he and Corey had broken up when they were young, and unbeknownst to him, she was pregnant. She did not want to raise the baby alone and didn't know they would get back together, so another couple adopted the baby. They got back together, but she did not tell him about the pregnancy or the adoption for years. Hmm. What? This, I... Did they not even see each other? He didn't see her becoming pregnant, like getting more and she more pregnant. She went to a farm. Maybe she went to nunnery, a farm or a right? nunnery. She uh, went to a school for wayward girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, hate, I guess. I hate this plot so much. And yeah. I hated this scene because like when they sit down, he's like, he's acting like this is some really serious thing. And he says something to Peggy, like, I'm scared to tell you this. Cause I worry, I'm worried you'll think less of me. What? What? How? What? Yeah. And I'm thinking he's going to say something like, you know, or you'll think less of us or something. I'm yeah. thinking he's going to say, oh, like, Corey cheated on me and she killed the baby. And, well, I don't know. But, yeah. like, something actually bad? worth being a secret and yeah. bad. Yeah. And this is neither of those things. No, it's really not. It's really not. I mean, it's like, what decade is this? Yeah. You know? Like, this is a soap opera trope from the... 60s yeah. or something. It's made no sense. Yeah. And then he says now he wants to, quote, make things right, but what Corey won't let me. I don't even know. What I'm assuming is that adult son or daughter wants to meet them, and he wants to, but Corey doesn't. Yeah. Is there any other way this yeah, could... I guess that's that's got to be it, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Make things right? Yeah. I don't understand. Or maybe tell their... Uh, maybe tell Lynette? Yeah, they could tell Lynette. Tell Lynette. If you guys remember, dear listener, Lynette is their actual, their daughter that they had and raised, who yeah. is the PA who has a crush on Dr. Chad. Dr. Chad. Dr. Chad. I love you, Dr. Chad. You're beta so hot. One. Beta one. Yeah, beta Rebecca's one. beta one. And lives in the coven with Rebecca and um, <laughs> maybe Justine. Yeah. Um, then Roy and Corey. That's, you know, that's a hard couple name. Roy and Roy Corey. And Corey. Yeah, oh, yeah. Anyway. Ralph doesn't do things. Roy, Roy and Corey. And Corey. It's like Roy the rural juror. The rural juror. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're walking by the water when she says she's been talking to Peggy, and she's now on board with sending their information, quote, to the agency to see if their adult child still wants to meet with them. Turns out Roy sent it in a few days ago without her consent because he knew she'd come around. This wow. made me so angry. Yeah. No. Yeah, I was like, uh, wait, okay. what? And I was like, oh, Corey, go off on him. And she doesn't. And she doesn't. She's she doesn't like, care. Oh, oh. you know me so well. Gross. Ew. Gross, gross, gross. It's foul. Yeah. They both just can't wait to meet their daughter. It's a human daughter. <gasps> yeah. They had a, those two had a human daughter. Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> Twice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, had a human daughter. uh, I think we're gonna meet her before they do, because <gasps> a stranger comes into Moons to order a beverage. Uh-uh. Yeah, and she's wearing a brown motorcycle jacket and has a bob from the 80s. Yeah. And, um... When she was born. When she was born. <laughs> <laughs> And she, when she orders a beverage, she opens her wallet to pay for it, and Moon sees a badge and says it's on the house for a woman in blue. So, uh-huh. guys, I think she's a cop. Yeah. I guess, or supposed to be a cop. Law enforcement. Or yeah. some kind of enforcement. Some kind of enforcement. Something. Lifeguard. Um, Life- lifeguard. <laughs> or she's, she's an FBI secret agent. Possible. Oh. oh, I wish we would go there. I know. 
So he asks her if she's just passing through or what, and she says she's just moved here to try out small town life. Because that's a thing people do. Yeah. Single then, people do. No. Then we see her scroll to a photo on her phone of Roy and Corey. Oh, From them really? walking. Like the day before. Like she took a picture of, like she was watching them. them. Yeah. Wow. She was stalking them and, and got a photo. And her name's Gloria. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Her name's Gloria. G-L-O-R-A. Gloria. That was what I was hoping for. Yeah. So she is either their long lost daughter or perhaps someone in cahoots with her or some law enforcement person. Maybe the daughter is wanted and so she's tailing (gasps) them to find the daughter. Probably she's just the daughter, right? I didn't even think about interesting things she could be. I just thought, do we need another character? (laughs) And then I thought, how could this go bad? But I guess I didn't think. Hard enough. Well, how many bedrooms are in the coven house? Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. Did we get our Sarah Jessica? Did we get our, what's her name, Carrie? Our Carrie. Carrie Oh, maybe she's our Carrie? Maybe she's our Carrie. Maybe she's going to say, maybe she's going to make wise and funny um, observations. But then I wondered. (laughs) (laughs) It occurred to me. (laughs) I had to ask myself. Sitting at her laptop. Why are my dad's sideburns like that? (laughs) 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 All right. So that's it. E story. So, okay. Grace's first action as town manager. Oh, you're going to love this, Auntie Sarah. Oh, my God. I hated this so much. Is a cockamamie idea to take a group photo of everyone in Cedar Cove. No, come on. Tonight. Tonight. Yeah. Does this sound like a good way to advertise to burglars that all the homes will be empty and all the law enforcement officers will be occupied down at the marina? Oh my god, what a misuse of city funds! It sounds like the beginning of The Purge 2. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god, I want to make a list of who should be purged in what order. I know, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, uh. but it's a tie. <laughs> um, everyone except Mary Ellen. Uh, Mary Ellen, yeah. Mary, Mary Ellen. Ellen is the only one who gets out alive. Mary Ellen, Cliff, Warren. Yeah. Who yeah. else would we save? <laughs> Maybe Alex. She doesn't deserve to die. She doesn't deserve to die. Uh, yet. We don't know either. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that the rest of this season will be a sort of trial. <laughs> and by the end of this season, we'll have a verdict on whether Alex should die. <laughs> yeah. I'm good with that. All right. So then Grace. How, uh, oh, how did she publicize this? She emailed. She emailed everyone in town. Everybody in town today. Yeah, she spammed them. Come to the marina tonight. That's. I see that. I don't even open it. I click delete and the spam. Yeah. Exclamation point. Never send me an email from Grace ever again. (laughs) We're done. Never email me or my son ever again. (laughs) Just like that. Grace (laughs) underscore long hair underscore. Nineteen sixty-three. Yes. Underscore <laughs> at AOL. <laughs> 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 underscore new town manager. Yes. <laughs> um, so. Okay, if you all remember in the last episode, uh, Peggy has been named new town events planner. Oh, I God. do remember that. So now Grace is pressuring Peggy, the new town planner, to help pull this cockamamie idea off. Mom. So it's almost sunset. 
And though a few people are milling down by the marina, Grace grumbles that she has been stood up by the entire town. As she deserves. Yeah. Seriously. Right. And boy, I hated what she did to Peggy in her office. Like, I was ready to maybe have some sympathy, maybe, for mm -hmm. Grace. But then Peggy's like, oh, I don't know. If this, I'm even. Like, Peggy just doesn't seem 100% enthusiastic no. about this stupid no. plan. And Grace says something like, I would show some excitement about this. You, like, totally, like, yeah. petty dictator crap. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't see 100% excitement. Uh -huh. um, and Peggy's like, okay. okay. But if I were Peggy, I would already be planning the coup. Like, yeah. I would be putting together <laughs> yeah. the resistance that is going to take down Grace. Because yeah. this is not okay. No, it's not. It's a dumb idea, and her her execution is even worse. Yes. Okay, so then the next day, Grace confronts Olivia in her chambers about missing the photo last night, and Olivia counters that she had court and sent an email. <laughs> Apparently, everyone had something better to do than abandon their property to the purge people. <laughs> so Grace says she's rescheduling. Oh, God. Now, Bob is the bearer of bad news, because you know what, guys? Grace needs a permit for this shit. Of course she does. <laughs> yeah, so what? you know what happened the other day? Is that the county found out about the photo and put the kibosh on it, or as Bob says, the kibosh. Wow. How do you pronounce that? I say kibosh. Kibosh. Do you say kibosh? That might, it's like people who, it's like pe people who learn to say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh. Maybe it's like that. Maybe that's just the way he says Los it. Angeles, you know, the way that old people talk. Yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Put the clothes in the washer. Yeah. Yeah, washer. Yeah. Okay. Well, Oregon. Oregon. No. Yeah. So Bob says that the county put the kibosh on it and sent their own email to everybody except telling Grace. them, Apparently. except Grace, um, telling people not to show up for fear of initiating the purge too. You know what? And that's when <laughs> I get a new email address. I don't want the city or the county ever I know. Right? So Grace, that's awful. Grace is super sad and says she failed her first thing as town manager. She did. She did. Well, that was a stupid first thing. Yeah. Time to quit. And Bob tells her <laughs> to settle down. Well, that too. Yeah. Then Bob asks Grace Still time to, quit. to meet him at the marina and... It turns out he has arranged for everyone in town to show up for a photo. Okay. Olivia told him about a loophole that a permit is only needed for organized events. So if everyone just happens to show up and someone happens to take a photo, well, there's no need for a permit for that. So Peggy activated the town's phone tree and got everyone to show up. So unless the purge people are on the phone tree, it's a safe deal. <laughs> and I think we're all going to be okay. And then in, like, the, the the line that's designed to make the grumpiest and oldest viewers of the show <laughs> be the happiest they could be during this episode, Bob says something like, talking about the phone tree versus the email, he says something like, low-tech beats high-tech. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. If they can't yeah. trace the phone tree. The county can't trace the phone tree. Get me off that phone tree, too. It could only be used for tsunamis. Fires. Yes. Uh, uh -huh. Aerial bombings. Yes. Yeah. Nuclear war. Yeah. Do mm -hmm. not call me to tell me that there's a photo shoot happening at the marina. And if you go there, the purge people are going to know that you've abandoned your home exactly. and they're going to go in and take your VCR. <laughs> yeah. No. I love the idea. <laughs> this is the purge. It's the purge. <laughs> it's totally the purge. In the last... Oh, wait. You guys, lots of people are there and yeah. there's more... 
on them in the later stories. It's kind of like the the last scene where lots of stuff These gets wrapped up. These keep falling on your recaps. The yeah. ones where everything gets resolved at a giant at social event. Yeah. With balloons um, and baskets. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm sorry. Risers. And sponges being thrown at people's faces. <sighs> I wish. If yeah. only. Oh my god. But you know what? We finally get to see Cliff. He hasn't been in the whole episode, but here he is to support Grace, and he drove all night. From where? Totally. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Yeah, where'd he come from? From an auction. He was at some auction. Maybe he was buying llamas or something. More llamas. Yeah, probably. More llamas, more problems. (laughs) As they say. As they say. Uh, and his hair, I think, was pretty clearly dyed when the sunlight hit it. It, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were right. He's, He's really dyeing his hair. And it doesn't it's too look much. natural. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah, he drove all night. Yeah. In the last scene, Grace and Olivia are looking at the town photo, and the cast of Cedar Cove is front and center, and everyone else looks photoshopped. So, good job, Grace. She can't believe everyone put aside their shit to show up for her po- photo and risk losing all their stuff to the Purge people, but that's Cedar Cove for you. Oh, my God. Best town in the country. Oh that's God. what they say. That's the last line of the episode. Yeah. Best town in America. Wow. Yeah, oh, I wow. hated it so much. So bad. It's so wow, bad. wow, wow, wow. It's the worst. <laughs> what a horrible idea. Yeah. Do you want to be in a photograph no. with like the entire town? Any the, of your no. neighbors? I mean, ever? No, no, no. Also, like that many people in one photo, you're not gonna be able to see anybody's face. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's shot. the point? It's gonna be a shot taken by a drone, the most odious of machines. Yeah. True. And everyone's terrified that the drone will fall on their face at any minute yeah. and like slice part of their cheek off. And it's just <laughs> a popular it's a popularity and clicky thing. Like mm-hmm. who gets to be in the front row? Oh, the popular neighbors. Right. Who right. just happen to be the cast members. Who just happen to be Olivia right. and everyone yeah. connected but to Olivia. Would you feel okay about like, oh I'm gonna go stand in the back row because no. that's how this yeah. that's how my life I'm staying home. Is. I'm I'm eating popcorn, eating yeah. cheese, Life TV. on the D list. Yeah, I've never felt good about being in a photo with more than 10 people in it. Yeah, I... Right? What's the point? Yeah. No point. No point. Um, okay. So, in the D story, Grace and Mary Ellen are walking down Main Street with shopping bags, and Grace is prattling on about the menu at the Captain's Galley, the restaurant that ostensibly Mary Ellen and new John Daniel... Jern Berman? Jern Berman. Pretend John Bowman? Pretend John Bowman. Whatever we're going to call him. What do you guys want to call him? I like how unexpectedly um, um, Roy Corey um, <laughs> slash uh, rural juror Jern Berman is. Oh. And I think I might continue with that. because You want to go with Jern Berman? It's pleasing to go. Jern Berman! Jern Berman. The thing... Oh, go ahead, Uncle Brian. Go ahead. Well, I'm troubled that he's still going by John. Yeah. When that was an alias... Be, to hide his previous life, and now here they are together. He's gone by Daniel his whole life, yeah. And and now Mary Ellen just calls him John instead of Daniel, or I mean, yeah. We could call him John Daniel. We could call him JD. JD. JD Brown. I hate him so much now. I don't. I I mean I don't think he has I don't know if he deserves a fixed moniker like I think Mayonnaise we could just course. call him whatever like whatever yeah. comes to mind whatever ha- the he's such the a non-entity why should yeah. he have an enduring name yeah so yeah dear listener he oh. sucks we've all agreed that he sucks we don't like him he yeah. looks like mayonnaise he's a corpse and he has no chemistry with Mary Ellen and he and replaced 
somebody so much better. He replaced an angel. Yes. An, an angel. <laughs> <That's> an angel. <laughs> Damn so, you. Yeah. Jerm Berman. Jerm Berman. <laughs> okay, so when Mary Ellen breaks the news that their investor backed out, and now they're not going to be able to buy the restaurant. Okay. And pretend John Bowman, Jern Berman, is going to want to leave Cedar Cove if this doesn't work out, and Grace is gearing up to be devastated. Okay. Yeah. I know. So she got her hopes up for one whole episode. It's almost... This is going to... Olivia's going to end up footing the bill for this, right? I mean, Eventually. probably, right? Yeah. Isn't this she is just gonna going to swoop right? in and open her checkbook? Or the Saggots, you're yeah. right. Buck or Saget, the Saggots. Like yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, then you know, Olivia can be the owner of a lighthouse and a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Nose oh. to tail vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> or gazpacho bar. Gazpacho oh bar! What if they bought the captain's galley and turned it into a gazpacho bar? That would be wonderful. That would be rad. It would be incredible, but I don't know if it, it could make it in that town. I don't know if that town would embrace a gazpacho bar. They might be sort of like, where's my fish and chips? And yeah. Where's my ribeye and my yeah. salmon? Where's my cheeseburger? Why is this clam chowder cold? <laughs> <laughs> why, is, why is my blended clam chowder cold? <laughs> oh, cold soup? I ain't heard of such a thing. Okay. All right. So next... Mary Ellen and Jern Berman are walking around the captain's galley with a shady guy who says he's ready to invest. Uh-huh. Mary Ellen's like, why don't we just call the bank? <laughs> yeah, like people. Yeah, do. shady guy wants a bigger percentage, creative control, and bringing in some of his key people. Oh, sure. Money yeah. laundering. Yeah. Mary Ellen does not look impressed and says she and new John Daniel need to talk alone. So later, she tells him she doesn't feel comfortable with shady guy, who we now know is called Jimmy. Oh, God, I don't feel comfortable with Jimmy, she whimpers. <laughs> he doesn't either, it turns out. Then they argue about how much she doesn't like New York and how his life is there and her life is here. And she's all, my, 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 what about us? What about us? And he is all of a sudden quite cold. And I just have to say that old John Bowman, real John Bowman, angel John Bowman would never have acted like that. That's <laughs> true. It's That's true. That's true. He's not just a new actor. He's a new character. Yeah. Like... And what happened? I, what happened to the man she ran off with? Yes, and I also think it's bullshit that she doesn't like New York City. Of course, she likes course New York. She would love it. Yeah, she, she would, would love, love it. it. This she, is not. She's yeah. yeah. She's basically Catwoman. Of course, she loves it. Yes. Yeah, and the art. Yes. And the restaurants. No, there is no way in the world that and he wants to stay in New York and she wants other to other stylish no people. Way. Yeah. No. Anyway. Um... Later, Mary Ellen and Grace are alone, and she confides that she wants to come home. She misses Cedar Cove. Ah, lies. I know. Grace I says, when you're with someone, you have to compromise. But when you're with the right person, it won't feel like a compromise. Okay. Which cool seems... Your jets. <laughs> black and white. Uh... Cool your jets. Grace is gearing up for, like, rumble, rumble in the jungle, super apocalypse, mama's... Gonna I'm, break up a marriage. Well, but I mean, I'm ha- like, I'd be happy with this marriage breaking up now. So, um. are they even married? Oh yeah, oh. I guess it's a relationship breaking yeah. up. We don't know, and it shouldn't matter whether they're married. Is it? No, I'm surprised no. it didn't matter when she Grace thought they were pregnant. Right. Like, oh, that's right. Go and talk to Olivia. Like, is my grandchild gonna be 
a bastard, a love child. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's weird. I'd be super happy with new John Bowman just falling off the face of the earth and yes. Mary Ellen moving back to Cedar Cove, reopening the art gallery, okay. um, giving Justine a real job, yep. and then dating interesting and appropriate people from yes. the greater Seattle-Tacoma area. As long as she never mentions that she hated New York and is glad to get away from there. Yeah, just it doesn't make sense. She would have that. liked it. Like, let's ignore that. She but all the rest I'm on board with. Yeah. I think that she should spend like half of her year in New York acquiring new art pieces to bring back. <gasps> she could be bi-coastal. I think that yes. makes sense for her. Yes. She's a cosmopolitan woman. I and can't really, believe this show's trying to rein her in. And really elevate the Cedar Cove yes. art gallery to international status. So like making it more deserving of someone coming out from Boston and dying on yes. the highway. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and then they'll eat the gazpacho. Gazpacho. All those cosmopolitans coming to visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There will be a place for them to oh, eat. Yeah, the locals won't understand it, but, you know, everyone yeah. else will. Yeah. Well, okay, so then the two of them, Mary Ellen and um, Jern Berman, they're at the town photo, futzing with the lighting, when new John Daniel says, look, I'll go back to New York to get a new investor. You belong in Cedar Cove, and I belong with you. I'll be back. Okay, that's stupid. She agrees to wait for him, and they say they love each other. Okay, whatever. John never would have said any of those things. Um, Yeah, this is dumb. Also, our plan. why is he taking this photo? Like, because he's because the, he takes pictures of trees, he also the, is apparently going to have the equipment. He's like an event. So, yeah, take photo. 2,000 people. Person. Yeah, Whatever. So stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Well, my son-in-law is a photographer. He'll do it. On a day's notice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is on, what on she like had. a 12-hour yeah. notice. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Me, well, she didn't even know about the second thing. John did her. that. Oh, no. Uh, Bob. Bob did yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. <sighs> well, anyway, we're moving on to the C story. Ooh. Woohoo. The C story opens with Alex, Alexandra, the CFO That's of Jagged Development. She's yep. a lady, by the way. Yep. Um, stopping by the Chronicle to visit Jack in a super tight off the shoulder top and frilly skirt. <laughs> I have to say she looks uncomfortable. Like, her clothing is so tight, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, how are you walking? How are you sitting? You wear that all day long? Yeah. I don't understand. It's like, it's the outfit that you wear maybe one size bigger so it actually fits. Uh And you go to, like, an event for an hour and a half where you stand around with a cocktail and you leave. It's not something you... you take it off and you put it in your closet. Yeah, it's not something you wear all day. You're, like, sitting at a desk doing financial work and you're, like, can't breathe. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. That's terrible. Yeah, it's just... It's too tight and it just looks uncomfortable and it doesn't make sense. If I could wear sweatpants at work, I would. Sweats everywhere. With a poncho. With, like, a blanket, my pajamas. I just want to be comfortable when I'm sitting at my office all day. And I do think there's a happy medium of, like, well-fitting trousers and a blousey top with a belt. Elastic waistband, at least. Whatever. I mean, she has a great figure. I'm sure, you know, she could could wear anything. It doesn't make sense that she's so constricted. It's too much. It is. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, I don't even think it fits quite properly. It sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's beautiful, but it's just, you know. Yeah. It, it does not look comfortable. Anyway, um, 
she exposits to Jack that Warren is blackmailing her, which was hinted at in the yes. last episode. Although we don't actually get a scene of him no, blackmailing, blackmailing her. her. We just yeah. see that he found some info and now she's uh, telling Jack. So it's for something very, very dumb. She helped an elderly couple by bringing information to their home, which amounted to trading outside the office, which is against SEC regulations, and she was reprimanded and fired. Okay. So it seems like that... A big nothing burger, if yeah. we take her word for it. Absolutely. But maybe she actually... I mean, it seems like it would be easy enough out of their savings. Yeah. to explain to Father Saget, right? Yeah. How is this even blackmail material? Anyway, Jack wisely advises her to get ahead of the story. Tell Buck the truth before Warren can break the See, news. See, he has reporter instincts. Oh uh-huh. He's got specialized knowledge. Get um, ahead of the story. Take it from a lifelong alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paper man with a drinking problem. Get in front of it. Get in front with of it. With an imaginary editor. Oh. Put your put your put your stamp on the story. Oh my god. Give them the message they want to hear. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Alex takes Jack's advice. It's like this didn't occur to her. I know. It's advice. It's like. Anyways. So Alex takes Jack's advice, but it turns out Father Saget already knew about it because it is called due diligence it's when you're going to hire someone. The Google. Yeah. <laughs> so when Warren shows up to try to throw Alex under the bus, she is one step ahead of him, and Buck is two steps ahead of them both. Yeah. Buck accuses Warren of letting his emotions get in the way of the company. Because he's a little sissy girl. And he says, but see, that's insulting to sissy girls. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, quote, something's got to give. Which is the random line of cliche dialogue from which the writers have plucked the title of this episode. You see what they did? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So creative. Warren says, fine, I quit. I know this job better than both of you. I'm going to start my own business and run you two out of town. Yeah. Yeah. As he leaves, Buck turns to Alex and says, have the locks changed? (laughs) Which feels below the pay grade of a CFO. (laughs) CFO and only employee. Yeah. Right? That's true. He doesn't even have a secretary or administrative assistant or gopher or yeah. any cre- R&D, nothing. Know, now that Eric's out of town. Right? We lucked out there. Yeah, we really oh, did. Oh, that really was did. awesome. We dodged another bullet. Yeah. Oh. Another slimy. I would. Slimer bullet. But I would, trade Eric, I would bring Eric back if it no. would give us. John, the real John Bowman. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with you yeah. on that. I mean, no, I would yeah, trade. It's not worth, yeah. I would I'd trade that. I'd make that deal with, uh, I'd make that deal with the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ew. But the devil isn't offering that deal. No. no we're stuck. <clears throat> we're stuck with the mayonnaise corpse that is the new Jern oh. Berman. Jern Berman! So then... <laughs> <laughs> then Warren is wandering around outside Moons with his hands in his pocket, and Moon chuckles, Ha ha! All dressed up and nowhere to go! Buck told me. <laughs> oh my god, he relishes and hates yeah. himself. Yeah. So apparently Buck and Moon had breakfast together, and then Moon and Warren argue about whether he's a good person or not. This is so ridiculous. Moon says, I hope your plans take you far, far, far away, maybe another state. <laughs> Warren says he wouldn't give his father the satisfaction, and Moon says, this is a Greek tragedy. Is it? I mean, maybe. No one's dead yet. I don't feel any catharsis No one's blinded himself yet. (gasps) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Fucked with their mother. Kill 
killed their brother. Yeah, not yet. Been I mean, sentenced not yet. to killed death all their children by crushing. Not yeah. allowed to bury them. Not allowed to bury them. Warren is back in Father Saget's office, complaining that he has destroyed his credit and bad-mouthed him to every possible investor in town, and now his hands are tied. I am just glad this didn't drag on for five episodes with Warren trying to be his own. Yeah, Yeah, no. Like, good, just take care of that off camera. So Father Saget asks him if he's ready to come back, and Warren further complains that he cannot work with Alex. Father Saget tries to bribe him with a new company credit card, and all he has to do is play nice. But Warren starts packing his stuff, though, because he's not a chump. <laughs> Buck says, look, I'm going over to the town picture. This stuff is PR gold. Oh, my God. If you show up, I'll consider it an apology, and you can come back tomorrow morning. It's an early birthday present. <laughs> hmm. Oh, my God. So Warren does show up at the photo. They shake hands. Buck says he's going to the East Coast for a bit, and Alex is in charge while he's gone. Oh, boy. Warren gets his credit card back, and I guess we'll see what hijinks ensue while Buck is gone. Okay. Uh, Next time. All right. Next time on Cedar Cove. Warren, yeah. Yeah. B-story. Yeah! Yay! Okay, so we first see Justine in a salmon pink dress and an ill-fitting baby blue blazer. No! The blazers are back, everyone! Uncle Brian is um, now inserting himself into Justine Grover. (laughs) Sorry. That sounds terrible. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's hand. It's hand. Sorry. It's not that much better. (laughs) Into the puppet, Justine Grover. I'm a puppet. Yeah, you sure are. (laughs) You articulate my mouth with your hand. I can't speak because of you. Oh you God. are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> this is this, okay, guys. This yes. is a bit much. Okay, this is great. Um, so she is irritably waiting outside Grandma Charlotte's house, where she is reporting to work for her no good silver fox uncle Will. Oh my God! An hour late, he cruises up in his penis Porsche because, of course, he does. <laughs> completely oblivious that they had a meeting. Why doesn't she have a key or know where Charlotte keeps a key? Why doesn't she text Olivia or Doors just make her in this, Yeah, in make herself at home on the anyway. back porch with an ebook? Nope. She just passively aggressive passive aggressively stands in the driveway for an hour. Her <laughs> first task girl. I know, that's our girl. <laughs> you go, Justine. You just stand there in your blazer. Her first task is to drive Will to lunch at the captain's galley. Oh my god. <laughs> She's like, I want a real job. And my mom said this would just be an excuse to give me money. And I think maybe she's right. Uh, He's like, no, no, I have business. <laughs> and you know who this business is with? Yes. Warren Saget! No! <laughs> who shows up at their table to Justine's chagrin. So is Will oblivious or just a jerk? Does he know that Justine and Warren used to be engaged? Is he, like, messing around with them, or is he, like, he just doesn't know? I think he just doesn't give a shit. He just doesn't give a shit either way? I don't think he cares. I mean, he wasn't around when Warren and Justine were engaged, and he doesn't seem to have any interest in Justine's life unless he's using her to get back at Olivia. Olivia probably didn't tell him on the phone, oh, like, Justine's got a new fiancé, remember that horrible Warren guy? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Olivia Does he even about know? Her. I mean, he seems like he just doesn't. I don't know. 
So then they're all three in a suburban neighborhood talking about flipping houses and rezoning the area for multi-unit or multi-purpose or who knows. What is Justine even doing there besides wearing a blazer? I don't know. She's not taking notes. No one's asking for her opinion. Except Warren does ask her about dumping Seth, too. I love this conversation. She says, I dumped you, Seth, too, and I broke up. Which I think is revisionist history. Yeah. Um, because she totally broke up with Seth, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says it's nice to be working with you, and she's all, I'm not working with you. I'm working for my uncle. Oh, boy. And he's like, whatever. It's transitive. If you're working for your uncle, you're working with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, then again... Do you have another line from this? Because I have... Oh, you line. do? Yeah. No, tell me. I, uh, I missed, missed it. No, well, I, he said something about... Um, oh, oh about changing boyfriends, yeah, you boyfriends, change boyfriends and careers. And, yes. careers um, and he says, it looks like you got another boyfriend and another career. You know, consistent yet sporadic. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> consistent yet sporadic. Consistent yet it's sporadic. True. Justine, that is that really fits. Yeah. It totally fits. Yeah. Yeah. Her careers and her boyfriends. I like it. I like Warren. Consistent I've always liked sporadic. Warren. I mean she keeps getting these dumb jobs. Yeah. She keeps having the same Seth two, Seth three boyfriend. Yeah. Although I guess they're different from Warren, but still I don't yeah. know. Anyway. Um and then I have another note here about like this whole thing about her needing this job is just B-B-B-B-B-B-B-S because she could afford to live by herself before and it's dumb. Yeah. Also, how much could her uncle possibly afford? I mean, is he just loaded that he can just give her enough money to live on? I don't understand. Like, that's a lot. To be able to afford to pay someone enough for them to live on their own, like a real salary, without really, like, an obvious income stream. Yeah. I mean, it says he has like stocks and liquid assets and yeah, stuff, but like, but that's not. Manager or whatever, but that's but not like revenue. That's no, just money. It's just a pot of money. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Is Warren gonna take him? Like, is Will the Mark here? Like, I hope so. Ooh, maybe. Like, who's? I'd love that. Yeah. Who's marking whom? Yeah. Well, anyway. Who's the the bigger spider? Yes. When you sit down at a poker game and you don't know who the patsy is, you're you're the the patsy. patsy. Yeah. Well, Justine, after all this... It's Justine. (laughs) After all this nonsense, (laughs) Justine walks down to the dock to see Luke and plant a big kiss on his lips. He asks about her first day with Uncle Will, and she just says it was busy. Although, I think this is both an understatement and inaccurate. She can... Yeah. <laughs> it is. No. And she conveniently forgets to mention that her ex-fiance is who she was working yeah. with yeah. all day. No, n- nothing. Um, he's totally absorbed in seeing her, but she looks preoccupied, and why she did not just quit today is beyond me. I mean, especially with... She needed a job to rent the room, right? Yeah. Like, maybe... But when when you rent, you don't have to continually provide evidence of being employed. You just say, oh, yeah, I have this job. You could quit the next day, and the landlord would never know. Yeah. 
My landlord calls me every day to ask if I am still consistently, yet sporadically, employed. <laughs> Not only that, but my landlord also has all of the information from my bank accounts, and they monitor my credit and my bank accounts on a daily basis. This is totally normal. <laughs> That's why I need this job with my Uncle Will. So dumb. And also, how does that qualify as actual gainful employment? If you were to show up to a landlord and be like, Oh, hello, here's a letter from my uncle saying that I am gainfully employed by him as his assistant. This is sufficient. And there's no, like, there's no pay stub or anything. It's just, because, like, it just happened, like, that morning. I hereby certify that this woman who is my niece mm-hmm. is employed by me. Yeah. And will have a paycheck at some point. Yikes. Not okay. No. At the end of the episode, uh, Justine and Luke show up at the town photo with Olivia. Warren does a drive by hello to Justin, and as he scuttles off, Luke says, Who's that? Oh, oh yeah. Which I thought was a funny touch. I was like, Oh, wait, they haven't met? Like, all this time they haven't met? They don't Justine's know. Justine's never talked about it. They don't I know. I guess Justine, I mean, yeah. But then so, she doesn't tell him. No, she doesn't. Um, as Olivia Splint explains, it's Warren Saget of Saget Development. Luke's like, Oh, that guy your uncle is doing business with? And Olivia's all, What? Yeah. But no one ever mentions that Warren and Justine were engaged. Dumb. That's so going to be a problem. I don't yeah. think Luke knows that part. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it. There's going to be some Teen Wolf jealousy. Yeah, and they've been... Justine and Luke have been together for a while now, right? Like, at least... A, a, I don't know. It feels like a long time. <laughs> it feels like four It feels like two years. Yes. But long enough for her... I mean... For I don't know. Talked about to have said like engagement. I used to be engaged. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. That's something you would so tell someone yeah. within. A, I don't know. You becoming sort of seriously in, in involved. You would yeah. say, "Oh, I was engaged once to this guy." Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yep. And then also, yeah, like how you were saying, they sh- they she's riding around in the Porsche with Will and they run into Warren and then they go to this site and they're talking and she's and she says, Oh, my uncle is involved with this guy Warren Saget of Saget Development, but she doesn't say, Oh, and we were engaged. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like what? Or oh I'm annoyed <clears throat> that I have to work with this guy. He's Can my ex and it? he's horrible. Maybe I should look for another job, do you think? She's yeah. oh, she's keeping a ton of stuff. Yeah. Oh, this That's is That's Justine's way, though. She Secrets. she does not come forth with information. This is going to her. have secrets. <laughs> I don't like providing information. It makes me uncomfortable because then there are very uncomfortable emotions attached that I have to deal with with other people, and I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's That's true. What it just comes down to. I think she's just like, if I just don't say it, it's like it didn't happen or doesn't exist. I'll just not say stuff. Yes. She, she has, has a, that on her mirror yeah. in the morning. Oh. <laughs> don't say it and it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I will hold all my information <laughs> to myself. <laughs> anti-affirmation. I know, right? I love it. Today and every day. I will hold my information to myself. I will be a secretive person. <laughs> I 
am not worthy <laughs> of the truth. <laughs> <laughs> We're just oh, poor Justine. It. Okay, oh. all right. We got we made it to the A story. Everybody, <gasps> let's do this. Yay! Yeah. The show opens to Olivia running and Paul catching up to her. Do you have anything to say about Olivia's running style? Is she I a goofy-ass runner? What the hell was going <laughs> on? She's, like, swinging her arms, like, out at the side like this. Like she's flapping it's her weird. arms. Like, like, yeah, a like, like, <laughs> like a goose. Like a goose. Like a goose. And now, I mean, I'm not a runner, but, um, and I'm not going to pretend. Um, but I have seen running on TV. I've seen a lot of it. Uh, and nobody's arms ever do that no when they run. Slap. Like that? What the hell? I have to take a closer look at this. Oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. Oh my god. Well, I did. I did. Um, I did note that she has on full makeup and her hair is like half up and half down. <laughs> no, that's not. It doesn't. I don't understand how people go go running like this. No one does. No one does that. You get super sweaty. A, a ponytail, a bun, but yeah. like this half yeah. down thing. No one does that. No one does so that. Weird. Um, but you see, guys, they have exercising in common. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They love and, to run. And there was a comment, I don't think it's this episode, I think it was last episode, where Paul asked about Jack. Oh, does J- oh, do you and, do you and Jack the... go running? Yeah. And she was like, ha, 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 Jack doesn't exercise. Yeah. Which I thought was unfair to Dylan Neal. Aw, who... I'm sure he does exercise. I'm sure he does exercise. He's a friend of the podcast. He's a friend yeah. of the podcast. And he He's looks very great. handsome. He looks fit. Yeah. He obviously exercises. He obviously exercises. The character doesn't. I guess, yeah. yeah. But well, weird. The character just sits around watching other people play baseball. And drinking coffee. He has great metabolism. Because yeah. he's a newspaper man. Because that's probably what it is. He drinks coffee. Yeah. Well, and, liquor. And liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and Chinese food on occasion. Yeah. Beef. Chimichangas. Oof. Only beef. Yeah. Only beef. We'll, see. we'll get there. Uh. Um... So this, I felt like this was a bit of a replay of Justine running while Warren tried to rekindle things oh, by yeah. accidentally jogging the same route. Do you guys remember when I that happened? That. Yeah, it's the riders. Yeah, and after bilge. Yeah, after the after the heart attack, he Recycling. was like turning over a new leaf yeah. and gonna exercise and all that. We need the new telescript now, now, now. <laughs> <laughs> he like supposedly okay. ran track in high school. Or Characters something. are running. Yeah, one of them catches the other. All right. So then um, they start chatting about divorce, as you do, and <laughs> Paul describes it as a bottomless pit of pain, wow. an autopsy of a marriage. Wow. So I guess he's got some baggage. Yeah. She he's challenges. To have around. I know, he's great. That sounds fresh. Um, <laughs> yeah. She challenges his declarations as just observations and not facts. Okay. Whatever. Um, he guesses that her divorce was one of those mysterious, rare, amicable divorces. I don't think so. And it, is, like it. it was because she said it was. And is impressed <laughs> when she admits it was. Well, I think, you know, she and Falcon Hair had lost yeah. basic affection for each other. There wasn't a fight and there about was the distance. But he was just out. like, oh, you can have the house. Yeah. I'll go to my practice in Seattle. We'll just part ways. Oh, you and want this much, that much. And they were yeah, fine. They were friendly. They went they to were, therapy together. They did. They did go to couples oh counseling. God. Oh my god! What a weird turn that was. Anyway, um, she offers time to talk about it. Like, oh, do you want to talk about it? And no. he's like, well, we already are. 
and then they twinkle at each other, and none of this is acceptable behavior for a judge and a DA who work together. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> this is oh. not okay. We um, a professionalism seminar. I know. But he that says, needs to be there, too. Yeah. yeah, totally, guys. It's not where you get your next uh, love interest. He says his ex is a great person, but she has issues, and he thought he could save her. Oh, boy. So he's sad he's eating takeout every night, and she says, Well, go to the Time and Tide. They'll feed you. So way to fix his melancholy with unwanted and unhelpful advice, Olivia. <laughs> and yeah. he says he's staying at a three-star hotel. Yeah. yeah. Where's that? Where is that? I mean, he must be commuting I from guess. somewhere. Yeah. Because Time and Tide's the only... Yeah, that's right. It's the only B B and B in town. In, in town. Why doesn't he just rent an apartment? Yeah. yeah I, why is he living in a hotel? I don't. If I he's know. living in a hotel, it means that he's not cooking his own food. Yeah. He's probably eating there. Oh uh, yeah. I guess he's somebody else is cleaning up. I feel like right. I feel like yeah. living in a hotel is for very very rich people. Do, I mean, do normal people do this? Like, oh, I moved to a new town. I'm not quite ready to find a spot. I'll just live in a hotel. That's like expensive, right? I don't think he's Unless a normal person. Seedy. Yeah. Oh. oh, unless it's like an extended stay, yeah. whatever that, yeah. Well, he oh. said it was a three-star yeah, hotel. Yeah, he said it was, yeah, he did really specify how good his hotel was, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? <gasps> Brian, what is he trying to imply? I Was there an invitation buried in there? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He Maybe. really did actually hit home when he said that thing about his ex was a wonderful person, but she had issues, and I thought I could save her. And, like, you could see Olivia's face was like, oh... I think I can save Jack. Maybe I maybe can't. I can't. Yeah. So, I feel like one way of reading this Paul character is, I mean, a lot of what he says is clearly calculated, mm -hmm. but I think we could read him as everything he says is calculated. Yeah. But should we? I don't know. I don't know. What if he's the new imaginary? What if he's imaginary? Because he's everything that Jack's not. But I think other people can see him. Um, <laughs> like Bob, for example. He has conversations yeah, right. with other people. It's true. Well, it does sound like he has a little bit of the uh, chaos inside of him. I think he... <sighs> well, okay, so he's recently divorced. Yeah. So he... <sighs> you know how when people make a big life change, they sort of want other people to also make that same big life change uh... so they can have some, like, empathy and company and it's like... Oh, you're in trouble. Well, I just got divorced. Why don't you know? Maybe you Why should get divorced. Get divorced. To, divorced too. Then yeah. we can be divorced together. It's true. I don't know. I feel like people do that. Oh yeah. Or I yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So he sees her. Maybe he he said something about hanging on longer than he. Yeah. Like oh, the last two years were unbearable, right. and maybe he sort of feels like maybe he can save her. Yeah. Those, if he pushes her to just end it sooner, that he just sees that she's miserable and like, I mean, like we all see, like just break up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I think he likes it. the the thing that really bothers me about this is their working relationship. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't really mind it. Like, I think he's charming, even though he's comes on a little. Strong, he's a little but yeah. strong. Yeah. But I think the actor plays it off really yeah, well. He does. I mean, the actor he's... does the best possible job he could do with those lines. I was not. Really, I wasn't finding him super charming until this episode. And then after this episode, yeah. I mean, I still don't want to be around him. But I uh -huh. was like, oh, yeah, I see why he's actually He's very good-natured. Yeah, he is. I like his, yeah. He's got like an easy, good-natured, yeah. This, this episode. Okay, so. All right, so you know who's watching them flirt from afar? Mm. Bob Belden. 
Bob, Bob, Bob. And you know he ships Jack and Olivia hard. He does. So he's not liking this. No. The next scene is Bob and Jack meeting up on Moon's patio. Bob tells him he looks terrible, which is not true. He is beautiful as always. Yeah, he does look good. He looks great. Yeah. He doesn't look no. worn out or... terrible. No. Blue We've eyes. seen him look a little terrible rough. when he's supposed to look rough. But, but he, he looks fine. Yeah. Um, he admits to having a huge fight with Olivia and having two deadlines for two different papers. Ugh. Shit is bad in Jack's world. Imagine papers. Imagine papers. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to push her, but he doesn't want to lose her. Bob says, have faith. She'll find her way back to you. But then he can't resist the chisme and asks about Paul and says he doesn't like the cut of his jib and suggests that Jack keep an eye on him. Uh-oh. Yeah. So what is it, Bob? Give Olivia space or stalk her DA? Yeah. Uh-oh. This is, oh, this ridiculous contradictory advice. Yeah. So Grace and Olivia are chatting in the judge's chamber, and Grace is trying to get Olivia to finally open up a bit about what's going on with Jack. And Olivia says she can get over his relapse and even deal with Jerry. But she's wondering if it's going to be like this for the long haul. What if the relapses are going to keep a-coming, and this is what she's signing up for? I thought this was a really reasonable point, and I am on board. Yeah. Um, Grace like, has, loving an alcoholic does have that baggage, right? Great. Right. That's always a possibility. Yep. It's always there. Grace has no answer but to reach out and hold her hand, which was a good response, yeah. I think. I just wish... Olivia would just say this to Jack yes. and then they could talk about it. Yes, I agree. You know? Like, yes. but this whole dancing around uh, is weird. Okay, then it looks like Paul is going to follow Olivia's advice and hit up the time and tide. OMG, you guys, he's riding a motorcycle and wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> he's dangerous. He's dangerous. He's like James Dean. Yeah, but he's also educated and the DA. I don't know. <laughs> How do you all hold those layers. two things together? I don't know. How do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. You become a boomer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I thought he looked good. He was wearing these black jeans. I, I think he's a good-looking man. I mean, he's not... He doesn't have the face of... He's got kind of cartoonish features. Yeah, but he... Well, hmm. he's not as classically handsome as Jack... Yeah. I mean, Dylan Neal. Right. You yeah. know. But he's got a char- he's got charm yeah. to him. Yeah. And he's fit. Yeah. Fit goes a long way. You yeah. know? I mean, physical fitness and a good haircut. I mean, that's... Yeah. You know, you're halfway there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, uh, except who's on the front porch, innkeeper, Ola Jack Shipper, and Paul Hader, Bob Belden. Ola Jack. Ola Jack. <laughs> Use that on Twitter, folks. Hashtag all Jack. Hashtag all Jack. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, Paul called earlier, and Peggy told him there was a vacancy, but now Bob is going to deny him room at the inn. Uh-uh. But he is overridden when Peggy comes bounding out to welcome him. And Paul's like, okay, I guess I'm staying. <laughs> I do like how Paul just sort of doesn't. Engage like he just sort of yeah like Bob is just needling him. him and yeah. trying to antagonize you don't him like me. I'm and just Paul's like be okay funny and charming I'm gonna continue to be I'm congenial and things. you know it doesn't bother me it's fine yeah. I get it yeah. no biggie I do like that about him um, and then I there's a dumb detour I'm just gonna put it here oh it's the worst Olivia's presiding over a divorce case when the couple reveals that they can't decide who gets the house. 
And she tries to talk them out of delaying, says they should talk to their lawyers, etc. But guess what? They are both lawyers representing themselves. Whoa. Ugh. How she would get to this point in the process and not know this is beyond stupid. <laughs> and then at this point, Maytag Paul walks in with a shit-eating grin because he was right. Divorce cases are the worst. Oh. <laughs> I The only thing I wrote in my notes about that whole plot is I would not want to try to get a divorce in Cedar Cove. No. Because Olivia just she won't let people won't split let up. People split up. No. Like, no. And it's not, it's ridiculous. You have to get a divorce elsewhere. Yeah. Paul comes in later to come into the chambers to comment on the divorce case and their flirting is again off the hook. She's like, um, there's more going on than just the house and I'm going to find out what it is. Wow. Yeah. And he says something about her being a detective underneath those robes. Oh boy. Uh, I know. Um, and uh, and I have in my notes, I still think he's kind of charming, even if he is going way over professional boundaries. But she is shameless right now with the hair twirling and the sideways smiles. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your dress on, Olivia. You're in your chambers, girl. <laughs> he says Peggy is great, but Bob wants him to leave town because he's shipping you and Jack so hard. Olivia says she and Jack are taking a break or a step back or whatever. It's complicated is her new Facebook status. <laughs> She says, let's change the subject. And he's like, yeah, arson, waving a case file. So Jack didn't actually say that they were on a break. No, he didn't. Um, Olivia just made that up. She just completely made that up. Yeah, Yeah. that's not okay. No. Then uh, when Grace visits her later in her chambers, Olivia reveals that although she wanted Jack to back off living together, she didn't necessarily want him to back off completely. (laughs) Now she's sad. He just wants to hang out and see how things go. This is what you wanted, Olivia. You asked for space. He's trying to give you space. You're pouting because the space is not the exact dimensions you had in your mind and didn't tell him about. It's almost like you should have had a conversation about what you want. I know. So Paul shows up in her chambers and she starts complaining about the extraneous motions and witnesses in this divorce case. She says something else is missing. (laughs) Then an assistant or receptionist we've never seen before comes in with a paper sack for Olivia. (laughs) Is it a bomb? Whoa. No. I hope so. No, sadly, it's beef and broccoli minus the beef because Jack eats the beef and she eats the broccoli. I guess this is her way of giving her space. I don't know. It seems kind of passive aggressive, but she looks really sad about the broccoli. <laughs> yeah, she looks it moved. And yeah. it's like one of those Chinese food containers that mm-hmm. is full with steamed broccoli. Yeah. Like there's no itself. sauce. Wow. Well, yeah, okay. it doesn't look and good. She it sounds says, like a sad meal. It's, she's so sad. Like it makes me sad. No, it makes me angry that she somehow <laughs> thinks that that's a meal. Yeah, like it's an unfortunate. I'll just eat meal. broccoli. A thing of steamed broccoli. I mean, they well, also do they you know, order other God. dishes? Does she get some rice or something? I would I hope know. so because if he's only eating beef and she's only eating broccoli, he's not pooping at all ever. Yeah, I think they and order she's other not getting stuff enough too. Protein. No, she's yeah, not. I don't know. It's weird. Then Olivia and Paul are walking outside the courthouse when he invites her for a drink. He says, give me a dollar, and now you've secured attorney-client privilege, and you can anything you say won't go any further. That's not how it works. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, what if I don't want to talk? And he says, I do some of my best work in silence. Okay. Which I thought, damn, that's Gross. a line. She says, okay, one drink. But you know who's watching this whole thing go down? Jack. Jack in his Jeep eating the beef from the beef broccoli. Whoa. He looks very sad, and I feel sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then... Well, what was he doing out there? Well, I think... Maybe oh, he, he thought she, she would, would come, come out. out. With her broccoli. Oh, She'd be like, "Oh, he oh, sent the." That's super sad. The broccoli. Oh, that would and, feel really bad. And then he was just waiting out there, hoping she would come oh. out, and they would eat their beef and broccoli together. Oh. Too bad. But that's not what happened. So sad. I wonder what happened to the broccoli. I guess she just she must have dumped it. Now she and Paul are going for lunch. Now it's cold broccoli. No one wants that. She might. I know. Maybe she, she gave it to her receptionist. She's an alien when it comes to food. Yeah. She yeah, is. she really is. Um, oh man. Okay, so then Jack is visited by Justine at the Chronicle, wherein she confides she is worried about Olivia. They both talk about how strong slash vulnerable Olivia is. Justine encourages Jack to fight for Olivia, and he says, look, I tried too hard and that backfired. Justine says Olivia loves him and misses him, and he just looks completely dejected. Because he's getting all kinds of mixed. contradictory, terrible, mixed advice. Yeah, give her space, Mixed signals fight. from Olivia herself. Olivia is like, sometimes I want space, but then you give me too much space. I don't know what to do about it. I want the beef. Okay. I want the beef. I want the beef. Ew! <laughs> Not Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I want your beef next to my broccoli. That's oh. what she wants. Still, I don't know. (laughs) So back to the terrible divorce case on Olivia's docket. The missing witness is the contractor. Why hasn't this couple called the contractor to testify? Well, it turns out the husband had a one-night stand with her. He is sorry. They tried counseling. The wife, quote, can't get over it. Olivia's like, wow. if you two wanted a divorce, you'd have it already. You're using the house to stay connected. Go back to counseling, or I could hold you both in contempt of court and lock you in a cell until you talk to each other like adults. If you wanted a divorce, you would have had one right now? Lady, you're the only one standing in the way. Well, meaning that if you really wanted a divorce, one of you would have given the house to the other one. Uh, As if that... I don't know. I don't think that's true either. But they keep calling all these, like, they keep doing all these motions and calling all these other witnesses. They're stalling is what she's saying. But I just, I feel like, Olivia, you should just take your own advice here, you know? Yeah, yeah. They should talk to each other like adults. We should lock them in a cell. Mm. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this this I thought was a great scene. Um, Bob and Peggy are gardening. Well, actually, she appears to be doing work while he just stands there muttering about how Paul thinks he's quote all that on his motorcycle. (laughs) And I'm starting to wonder if Bob is jealous. Yeah. Because Paul is just cool and handsome and younger. Wears black jeans. And wears black jeans. I mean, while Bob's tottering around in his dad jeans. I don't know. Anyway, um, Paul rides up to tell them that he's staying on a month-to-month basis, and Peggy is delighted. They have great rapport while Bob is not so subtly icing him out. Paul is good-natured about how much Bob hates him and then teases him about his neon green Crocs, (laughs) which was actually kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Bob says to Peggy, if you keep feeding him, he'll never leave. And I want a new pair of gardening shoes, black ones. And now I have to go hammer something. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I yeah. love masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Bob has a hard time with his feelings. Okay. Uh, at but the also, ta- oh, yes. feeding people and having them not leave is how you run your business. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what a pet and breakfast That's is. What, yes. Exactly. <laughs> At the town photo, Bob places himself in between Olivia and Paul and then strong arms Paul to the other side of the tableau. And Paul goes along with it again good-naturedly, just in time for Jack to walk over to greet Olivia. He asks her to talk, saying it's important. 
They move slightly away from the crowd, and he says his struggle for sobriety isn't going away. It's something he'll have to deal with for life. She says they have to go back before they can go forward. They got together so fast. He says it was love at first sight. She says, we need to go slow. Really get to know each other. He says, slow, fast, medium, I don't care. As long as I have you in my life. They caress each other's faces while Paul watches from afar. He also uh, manages to be standing next to Alex, who introduces herself. So, okay, now they know each other. Uh, hmm. right. Okay. Well, that's another layer in this. I'm in shipping the that. That would be good, right? Yeah, that'd be they, fine. I think that's fine, yeah. I think that'd be good for both of them. They don't work in the same office? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Minimum. That's important, yes. They both like to run. They do. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex needs something good in her life. All she has is a shitty job and yeah. Warren nipping at her heels. and Yeah. Like, what does she have going on right now? She doesn't have any friends. She's not seeing anyone. That's true. I mean... Jack's her friend. Oh, oh Jack terrible. is her friend, but they're, yeah. they're just AA friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just has memories. Yeah. Uh, so right as a new John Daniel Jern Berman is about to take the photo, Will comes running up... Uh, to Olivia to say that Charlotte is, quote, staying on the Cape. No way! And giving us her house. You know that actually Will Jeffers is the one who has her chained to her radiator on a paddle boat. <gasps> that's who's... Oh, that's who's, that's who's behind this. the whole thing. That is number one. Number two, I just remembered the name for this food item that Alex's is Beef Wellington. Oh, oh okay. yeah. So good, Alex good is thinking. Beef Wellington. With the pastry. Took me two yeah. episodes to figure it out. Good. Alex Wellington. Alex Wellington. Makes yes. sense. I don't think she has a last name, does she? No. Okay. Wellington. Wellington. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wellington. So, Will has teamed up with Saget Development, and they are going to make a fortune. Whoa. Doing oh. something to Doing Charlotte's something to house? Charlotte's house. Maybe, like, leveling it and putting up condos, or who knows what. Um, Olivia looks disgusted, and that's it. But Olivia did... But... So... Her mom is not coming back ever. to Cedar Cove ever. And doesn't want her house wants, anymore. And it's like, oh, you guys can have the house. But she doesn't tell Olivia this. Right. She tells Will, and then Will tells Olivia. That's that's Will fishy. makes stuff up a lot. He too. does. We've caught he him lying. He conversations. We have caught him lying, for sure. Yes. For sure. So maybe, maybe Sarah's right. Yes. Maybe Will has kidnapped his own mother. <laughs> to get her property. Oh. I mean, he's a villain. He is a villain. I mean, now he is. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to level that nice old house? I know. It looked really pretty from the yeah, front. Yeah. It looked, like, better than any of the other houses. Yeah. Like, it was old, but nice. and It had some ivy crawling yeah, up the walls. Yeah, it had walls. ivy. It was like a it mansion. It really was. I don't understand. And it had a long driveway, so it had a big yard. So you know it's got, it's you got know there's property, property around yeah. it. I'm I'm trying to imagine why I mean it seems like if you don't want the house it must be worth tons of money by now. Yeah. And I'm sure Charlotte owns it outright. It's yes. not like there's still a mortgage to pay off. Right. She must own it outright. Yeah. And if she's just giving it to Will and Olivia Either, you know, they could save it for Justine. Justine. <laughs> I'm moving into a big house. And I'm inviting all my new witch friends and my coven 
to live with me. My alpha. <laughs> she gets the biggest bedroom. And we'll do spells on the back porch during the full moon. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, they could just sell the house. You don't need second development you to sell the like, house. Like, I don't understand. Like, it seems. Like, if you're going to sell the house, you could sell the house for, like, a lot of money. Does it make sense to raise it to the ground, borrow a shit ton of money to put up condos, and then sell Which the condos? probably not even zoned for in that neighborhood, right? Yeah, it's oh. like, I don't understand what, how they're going to, quote, make a fortune unless they're just going to sell it. And in which case, well, I mean, they could update the kitchen, maybe some new counters or something. Yeah. I don't know. But is that even what Saga Development does? Right. I don't even know. Well, I think Warren has in the past talked about flipping. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, he was yeah. Gonna, he yeah, was going to yeah, flip yeah. that sex slave um, voyeur house <laughs> that Eric was living in. Yes. I mean, he's diverse. You know, there's condos by the marina, but there's also yeah, other yeah. stuff. Yeah, it right? doesn't... Yeah. And Olivia could put a stop to it. All of this. Right, because if they if it's fifty fifty, she could just say no. Yeah. Or and then Charlotte could maybe it's I mean maybe there's some way to break the tie, but you would think Charlotte wouldn't want her house to be raised to the ground. And, yeah, it's got all her stupid stuff in it. I know, well, not the, just hers. But not just hers. <laughs> Tom Harding, right. her friend who died. Yeah. yeah, she's got antiques and all kinds of interesting things in there. Well, that's what I thought we would do, is um, five guesses as to what Warren and Will will do to Charlotte's house. Oh, gosh. All right. Would that, would that be a good... Yes. <laughs> You're so much better than Dr. Chad. You tell me what to do. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> Dr. Chad's like, I still don't know who that woman is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a theme on the show of opening restaurants. <gasps> oh, So my they could God. turn it into, like, a... Um, you know that thing of restaurants that sort of are like a like a house, like a home, and then sort of the living room is just turned into. I went to a lovely one last night that Ooh. is actually in a converted house. And no it is a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it was the one? Uh, is it the one down in Socal it that's is. like yeah. used to be? And it's called a bit on the nose home. Oh, um, see, there yeah, you go. You could do that. Yeah, you could have a restaurant, just have, you know, maybe six tables in yeah. what used to be the living room and have it, like, be very chic and upscale yes. and um, very, like, you know, field of greens. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. They yeah. could turn it into a hell house. Ooh, really? What's yeah. that mean? A hell house is a place where fundamentalist cults and, and well, I that's going too far. Um uh, churches will make a haunted house that is like over and beyond haunted house in order to teach people lessons about family values. What? Whoa. You've never heard of hell houses? No. This no. They have been like a popular thing in the late nineties, especially. Whoa. Yeah. And like, and like pastors will take their, uh, their like teen Sunday school kids to mm -hmm. these hell houses to basically scare them straight and mm -hmm. uh celibate and mm. all kinds of things i want to learn more about this yeah I feel like, and I feel can like you like a documentary can you, can you make it. money off it like oh, you yeah. charge the church's money it's like a haunted house could yeah. i could i act in it yes like could i be in the cautionary room like the the 
making out, like, yeah. gay, <laughs> the gay makeout room that's supposed to scare them. Yeah, but it's actually super fun. Super hot. Super, super hot. Like, this is how horrible gay sex looks, kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could be in the room that says, like, this is what happens when you don't get married. <laughs> but it will be you could just, awesome. Yeah, sit there, like, in your sweats. With like, all of your my life. With all your, all your free oh, time. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Knitting with my dog, watching television. Oh. You know. That sounds pretty awesome. Having an awesome life. Yeah. What if they Love converted it. it and opened a group home oh, for Lord. young women in their 20s who can't live alone and who are scared? Who are single? Yeah. And who are scared to talk to men? Well, there we go. They've already got. They've already got three. their first members. Yeah. They yeah. Do. Although I have a feeling that Alpha Rebecca. Will. She talks to men. She won't live in yeah. this group home. She she's gonna sniff that bullshit out yeah. and not join. Yeah. Maybe she'll. Yeah. Maybe she'll do. She'll take legal action against them. She'll find something that they're yeah. doing wrong and then bust them. Yeah. Get the yeah. betas back. Yeah. Get the betas. My betas. Back. <laughs> These are my betas. First, <laughs> my wolf pack. <laughs> I like it. And of course, there's always demolishing it and then putting up, you know, uh, condos for active adults. What I imagine will actually. I think that's probably what they're actually going to do, right? Yeah. Probably. There's going to be a business plan. Ugh. Gross. Gross. Oh, well. Next time on No Helmet Required, we'll be discussing season three, episode four. Farewell, dear listener. We advise you to go through life with a crooked smile and a knowing gaze. Please stay roughly within the law and use your down-home common sense. Yay!